On this episode of the Blue Jacketeer podcast, we'll be covering chapter 25 of the Corman Manual. Welcome to the Blue Jacketeer podcast, where we help you prepare for the Navy-wide advancement exam by covering study material created by highly qualified sailors. Learn more about what we have to offer at www.bluejacketeer.com. Welcome back to the BlueJacketeer.com podcast for Hospital Corpsmen. I'm Taylor Larson, and I'll be walking you through this chapter of the Corpsman Manual. Here at Blue Jacketeer, we aim to bring you the tools you need to be successful on the Navy-wide advancement exam. On this episode, we'll continue with the Hospital Corpsman Manual covering chapter 25. Be sure to pay attention, because on the next episode, you'll be quizzed on what you learned today. Without further delay, let's get started. Sit back, relax, and listen up. This is Chapter 25 of the Hospital Corman Manual, Decedent Affairs. This chapter is going to talk about the different aspects of the DA program. The trick is that they all sound similar, and unless you really study them, the definitions will kind of sound the same and get jumbled together. I'll try to really stress some of the key differences in the different aspects of the program, but if you listen to the quiz and you go through the chapter and it still isn't quite clicking, make sure you use our study tools at www.bluejacketeer.com to focus on the specific bits that you struggle with, and you'll be able to set this chapter aside as one that you know through and through. One more quick note, there's an acronym in this that may not come across very well on the podcast. The acronym is P-A-D-D or Person Authorized Direct Disposition. I'll be calling it PAD, but remember throughout the lesson that it actually has two Ds. Now, on to the lesson. The Navy's Decedent Affairs Program is all about search, recovery, identification, care, and the disposition of the remains of anyone that has deceased that the Navy is responsible for. The overall manager of the DA program is Navy Casualty, Navy Mortuary Affairs, located in Millington, Tennessee. That's a possible test question, so if it helps, remember that it's located with the rest of Big Navy. On shore, Naval hospitals manage deaths that happen at the hospital and in their local area of responsibility. For the operational side of the house, the DA program falls on the CO, or OIC, the Medical Service Corps officer, and the senior corpsman to manage, all under the guidance of Navy Mortuary Affairs. There are five programs that carry out the various responsibilities of the DA program. These are the current death, graves registration, concurrent returns, return of remains, and casualty assistance calls programs. First, the current death program. This program provides mortuary services, supplies, and related services incident to the care and disposition of remains. The PAD decides where the remains should be shipped. The current death program is normally active on a worldwide basis during peacetime, but it can also be activated specifically for major conflicts. The Graves Registration Program is a bit more lengthy in description. It provides for the search, recovery, and evacuation to a temporary cemetery or mortuary. It also covers the initial identification, disposition of personal effects found, and burial in temporary cemeteries. This program is only operational when authorized by the responsible commander during a major military conflict. The Concurrent Return Program provides for the search, recovery, and evacuation of remains to a processing point, identification and preparation of remains in a mortuary, 
and the shipment for permanent disposition to a final destination designated by the pad. The Return of Remains program provides for permanent disposition of remains of persons buried in temporary cemeteries who could not be evacuated under the concurrent return program. There's special legislation required for this program. Under the concurrent return program, one or more permanent American cemeteries can be established, and the PAD will have the option to have remains buried there or in another place of their choosing. The Casualty Assistance Calls program is a bit of a different beast because it's not actually a part of the Decedent Affairs program, even though it's related. The Casualty Assistance Calls program is administered by the Chief of Naval Personnel and the Commandant of the Marine Corps. The Casualty Assistance Calls program activates a Casualty Assistance Calls Officer, or CACO. The CACO has to be an officer or senior enlisted personnel, and their job is to contact the PAD and secondary next of kin throughout the Decedent Affairs program. The Marine Corps and the Navy operate their Casualty Assistance Calls programs differently, which is why they were both listed earlier. The notification of death is a huge part of this process, and timeliness is key. Because of this, you have four hours to submit a casualty report after it's been determined that a casualty has happened. The personnel casualty report has a few groups that it needs to be completed for, including active duty Navy, retired Navy while inpatient at an MTF, all active and reserve dependents, and any deaths on board a military sealift command vessel. A casualty report should be completed by the command that learns that the casualty occurred. If someone was en route to their next command, the gaining command is responsible for generating the report. Notification of next of kin will normally happen between 0500 and 2400. When the death occurs in CONUS, the member CO has the responsibility to make sure that personal notification is made. O CONUS, individual commands will link with Navy Personnel Command, which has duty personnel 24-7 to receive message traffic, phone calls, and email traffic from O CONUS commands when a death occurs. NAVPERSCOM then forwards the report to a Casualty Assistance Calls Program headquarters, where a CACO will be activated. CACOs can be assigned for 90 days to 9 months, depending on the need of the family. COs are required to write a condolence letter to the next of kin within 48 hours of the casualty. Search, recovery, and identification are our next topics. When a disaster happens like a fire, explosion, or an airplane crash that results in the death of service members, it has to be reported to BUMED and Navy Mortuary Affairs by priority message. When search, recovery, and identification operations last for more than 36 hours, progress reports need to be sent to BUMED and the Navy Casualty Office every 24 hours. A minimum of two statements of recognition and dental and or fingerprint comparison of intact remains will substantiate identification requirements. When the CEO is satisfied that the remains have been identified beyond doubt, the remains can be considered identified. Unidentified remains will be handled by Navy Mortuary Affairs or the Commandant of the Marine Corps. They'll look at all of the evidence, and the final conclusion will come to one of five results. The identification of the remains, unidentified but believed to be a specific individual, unidentified and unknown, 
group remains being known individuals and group remains being unknown individuals. Personal effects found on or with remains will be processed in accordance with the Navy Supply Manual, NAVSUP P-485. If there are cases that are still pending identification, the casualty report will list the service member as duty status whereabouts unknown. Alright, now we need to talk about specific expenses. Annual contracts and one-time contracts with funeral homes will cover primary services, not secondary services. The next of kin should be encouraged to allow the Navy to make all of the primary care arrangements since they will get more benefit assistance. Primary expenses are incurred in connection with the recovery, preparation, encasement, and burial. Secondary expenses are incurred in connection with the funeral and burial of the remains, and transportation expenses are incurred when eligible remains are moved. Examples of all of these expenses can be found on page 25, tech 8. The preparation and processing of the deceased's remains are an intricate, involved process that should largely be covered under primary expenses, meaning that the family can let the Navy pay and take care of the majority of the process. Remains can be refrigerated for short periods while the transport or the embalmer makes their way to continue the process. Remains should be refrigerated above the freezing point between 36 and 40 degrees Fahrenheit. When the remains are coming to a CONUS point of entry from overseas, three signed copies of the DD-2064, Certificate of Death Overseas, needs to come with the remains. Also, two copies of the DD-565, Statement of Recognition, should be brought. The only items that are approved for burial with the remains are service dress blues with authorized insignias, devices, badges, decorations, underwear, and hose, unless other items are specifically requested by the pad. Caskets are a big potential question on the test. There are two sizes, and the similarity is that each are 18-gauge silver-tone metal sealer with a cut top. The standard size casket is 23 by 78 inches internally, while the oversized casket is 25 by 81 inches internally. Remember that the oversize is 2 by 3 inches larger than the standard. In terms of transporting the remains by air, there are three options available. Government air, which is not authorized within CONUS without the approval of the CNO. Commercial air requires an escort and can be supplemented by rail or funeral coach transportation. If there's a delay or a change in schedule, the escort has to notify the installation arranging the transportation. If the use of a funeral vehicle or rail would create delays, chartered air taxi services can be authorized if no commercial air is available. Speaking of escorts, let's touch on some of the rules surrounding that aspect of the process. Only one escort is authorized, although two can be assigned with only one serving at a time say, a friend from where the death occurred, and another near the final resting place. The activity arranging transportation of the remains, or cremains, is responsible for furnishing escorts. The escort that they pick should be the same branch, status, and pay grade. It's also recommended that they be a friend of the deceased from the same unit, geographical region, and preferably of the same religion. 
As far as personal effects go, the Navy will collect and inventory them unless the deceased lived in a public or government housing and the spouse doesn't need help gathering their things. If the spouse dies at the same time, the CO will work with the surviving relatives to protect the property of the deceased. The CO will also appoint an inventory board of two members, one of them normally a commissioned officer. All right, we'll go over national cemeteries and we'll wrap up our coverage of the Corman Manual. There are three classifications for national cemeteries. Open, those with spaces available. Closed and inactive, being without spaces available. And new and inactive, those that are planned but not yet opened. Honors for a burial in a national cemetery are up to the member's service to organize. Honors for services at Arlington are coordinated by the superintendent of the cemetery, along with bupers or the commandant of the Marine Corps. If the next of kin wants to use a vault for the burial, they can get one at their own expense. Another important bit to remember is that national cemeteries do not have facilities for viewing remains anymore. If the next of kin wants a viewing, the remains need to be consigned to a local funeral director. This concludes our podcast lesson series on the Corman Manual. I truly hope that through all of these lessons, you were able to not only learn something, but also apply some of the information in these chapters to your daily duties. Remember at Blue Jacketeer, we bring you the very best in advancement exam preparation. Don't forget to listen to the audio quiz for this lesson and get your best studying done with our expert study tools at www.bluejacketeer.com. As always, I'm Taylor Larson, reminding you to stay Navy and always keep working for that next rank. Thank you.